This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Nicole Chin, Growth at Mind Valley. Nicole, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. Thanks, Art. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Terrific. It's great to have you on the show. Okay, if you've been involved in app marketing for some time, you know that above all other notions that you need to be familiar with as an app marketer, there's this one, growth. Growing mm-hmm. a plant, growing a child, growing a crystal on the International Space Station in a zero gravity, and yeah, growing a mobile app. All these things I've just mentioned require planning, a holistic approach when you see um, all your activities as a system. This is how you can win in this race called app business. To guide you through this non-trivial process, we've invited Nicole. But before doing all that, let's start with you, Nicole. Tell us about yourself. Tell us a bit about your background. So um, I'm currently heading marketing technology and growth in Mind Valley. Um, my background of how I got here is kind of interesting and unconventional. I actually started off my career as a management consultant, uh, stumbled upon an opportunity to uh, get into the tech space. And I found that like, oh, so interesting. I was like really new to digital um, about like maybe five, six years back. And mm-hmm. basically I stumbled upon it by chance and decided to stay and just eventually found myself really, really um, string towards product and marketing uh, and always trying to find a balance in between, right? Especially with today's companies where like we're moving towards more digital products, which also means that fundamentally um, it's a technology company. So then how do we bridge uh, marketing and product? Um, And that's where really growth kind of comes in. How do we kind of bring the voice of the user, but at the same time, um, build a product that users actually want um, and incorporate, incorporate the whole thing um, into like a, a system, let's say. Right, so to find the balance between the technology, numbers, uh, and human emotions, people, and their... Yes. Right. All right, uh, so tell me about Mind Valley. What do you do, guys? So Mind Valley, um, currently we are an ad tech platform. Um, we've been around for quite a while. Um, we, we, don't consider, we don't really consider ourselves a startup anymore. Uh, we've mm-hmm. been around basically since the early 2000s. However, um, the wow. current Mind Valley, we still consider ourselves like pretty much startup-like. And the reason for that is because we've had a lot of pivots. Um, uh, and the, we've recently launched a Mind Valley membership and it's quite new. It's only less than three years old. So prior to that, uh, we were selling like a lot of like single courses, you know, very focused on, on the author and the kind of like content that we just put out. But now like we're focusing on subscription. So that's where we're at um, today. Um, so conventionally, I think like we're not startup. However, we do operate like one. Um, and we've seen tremendous growth um, in the last couple of years because we've moved to this um, new model. So which is really exciting for us, and um, we're looking to expand like further, not just 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 not just growing, but also improving the technology to support that growth, um, and that's what we're focused on right now. 
Yeah, actually, I do believe that keeping the spirit of being a startup helps you to try new things, to be agile, not to feel like a big corporation that can be lazy. It's a, it's a good thing to be a startup in your spirit. Yeah. All right. Um, now let's start with this <laughs> angry slash pirate acronym R <laughs> that sums up the marketing funnel. I used to, uh, I think I was introduced to this term like 2012, 2013, when I was a part of a marketing agency. And I remember that I was laughing. The guy probably was watching too many movies about the Jack Sparrow, the you know, Pirates of the Caribbean that he came up with this term. So tell us about what each letter in this acronym stands for. Yeah, so um, the R or like the Pirate Metric Framework uh, was actually coined by Dave McClure. Um, it's quite, his, he, he's quite known um, in the growth and product um, uh, space, but it's actually not a marketing funnel. I think that's like um, a misconception that some people might have about the, the R framework. It's actually a growth funnel. So what it stands for is um, the A, the first A stands for acquisition. And then the second A, it's activation. And then you have the three R's, which is revenue, retention, and referral. And fundamentally, the latter three so between revenue, uh, retention, and referral, they're kind of interchangeable. But the mm -hmm. idea of this framework is basically um, it happens in the product. And this is a concept that's really important to grasp because the idea is, so at the top of the funnel, you have acquisition. Um, the biggest misconception that people kind of have with acquisition is that um, they think that it's lead generation. But actually, it's not true because this framework happens in the product. The acquisition is actually a successful acquired user. Mm. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a sign up. Um, and that basically um, creates this framework. Got it. So yeah, this is what uh, I, I used to believe this is lead generation too. Now, yeah, I see definitely that, that it's like your goal not to lead to generate a lead, your goal to acquire a new user, new customer. That's exactly. the first step. That counts in. Um, I know that um, you like to take a holistic view of things and you treat an app growth as a system. So mm -hmm. let's give the audience a thumbnail sketch of that system. How does it look like? Yeah, so um, basically we just try to apply um, system thinking into the growth framework. When when you look at the, the, the R framework, it's it's designed like a funnel, but in actuality, um, it's not a funnel, right? Because the idea is after you reach activation, so a user has done the core action of the, the app that you want them to do, um, mm -hmm. you want them to stay uh, between revenue, referral, and retention all the time. And fundamentally, you want them to return to the app because that right. really encompasses growth, right? So when we start looking at it as a system, you, look, you can look at it stage by stage, how acquisition leads to um, activation and then how activation leads to revenue, referral and um, retention. But the main idea is, um, and just like I mentioned before, the three R's, they can be interchangeable. But so in that order, you can see how referral can also lead um, to, to revenue and then revenue can also lead to retention. And that's right. the idea. That's where you really want your users to stay um, because as they flow down the funnel, um, you can create like a self-reinforcing system between the, the three R's. Um, and obviously, if they have not done the activation action, then maybe you want to include the activation space um, within the system as well. And you can see how users move. And that's really where you want your users to be. Because the second they fall out of the system, 
then they they are churned, right? And that's where yeah. um, that's the biggest problem of growth. Actually, it's retention. You know, to me, it sounds like you're building the community of people who happens to be your clients, your customers. You you don't want to you don't want to lose people from that club. You want to get more folks in and keep them happy, and encourage to to invite more people to become your clients. Yes. Um, so, um, well, growth is on every app marketer's mind, but it's a long time effort. Uh, you don't want to launch an app um, or business that it will exist for a couple of weeks and it will just collapses. So my question is, is it possible to automate an app's growth? Because otherwise I don't see uh, how it's really feasible to sustain app growth for a long period of time. Essentially, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So you do want to be able to automate part of your, what you're doing. And ideally, automating growth would be a great thing. So is it possible to do? So I truly believe it's possible. However, there is a foundation work that, that um, the business and the app has to reach first, and that's product market fit. A lot of times, if you don't reach product market fit, um, no matter what you do, it's going to be very difficult to grow because uh, fundamentally you're not basically addressing um, a problem that users have. And right. although you can you can like you know use paid acquisition um, and use some um, traffic to bring to bring all these guys, uh, but at the end of the day, they will churn, right? And and again, that's also why um, growth is such a hit a huge issue because. Um, most people churn. So to, to reach that product market fit, um, it's really difficult. Um, and along with growth, so, so when we look at it as a system, technically it can be automated, but it doesn't mean that you stop optimizing, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that you, you um, basically map out the metrics that you have um, that you're trying to track, and then you just like, oh, okay, I, I have uh, basically like a, yeah, like I put a share button, you know, oh, now everyone's going to start referring their friends done that's not the case right because you also have to look at, on the product level how do you increase um, adoption rate how do you increase the conversion rates from users who are at like uh, on, on a retention level how do you get back to come back uh, how get them to come back and uh, give you revenue so it's a lot of optimization it's a lot of a b testing that you have to do but at the end of the day if you have not reached product market fit it makes things a lot harder so that's the foundation of it. You got to find the product market fit and a very good benchmark to look at it is just to look at when you first launch a product um, without doing anything too drastic, meaning like you're not spending like millions of dollars um, in traffic. How are you or how are your users organically behaving? Um, how are they staying on um, on day 30, in day 60, and day 90? Because a lot of times um, the, the natural retention is going to give you a gauge of how, how your product whether or not you actually reach a product market fit. Um, and from there, when you reach a certain like um, level of retention that is acceptable or like, of, obviously this is very relative to what your product is. Um, right. That's where you can start like reiteration and like continuous experimentation. But more importantly, um, you have to continuously optimize the funnel as well. Uh, and if you can do that and have all the, the action um, steps and the touch points for the user to make these, um, to make it easy for them to flow through the system, that's where you can really um, see growth automated. And doesn't mean like, you know, you have this system, you just hands off because as we know, like that your users are people and people change all the time. 
you know, like uh, so so we have to constantly reiterate and reiterate. Um and and if you just do that, like your product can really lead the growth um for, for your business. Yeah, uh essentially you just can force people to love your product. If it doesn't work for them, no matter how many how much money you're gonna be pouring in your user acquisition effort, it's not gonna be fruitful, just gonna waste your budget. It's like uh, when somebody comes in into the you know dress store and tries out a new dress and you just let that, that person to make up his mind. You're not pouring any money on advertising. She's here, she's trying it, she likes it, she's gonna get so you you're giving this, you're giving your audience uh, um time to check out your app and see if it works for them. I don't know, you would suggest to wait for a couple of weeks at least. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that like if you're looking at retention, you've got to look at it on a more long term. Depend again, it really depends on what your product is. If mm -hmm. you have like, let's say if you are in um transportation and rides and like you know that people are using using your app to like um for transportation, then the right. stickiness is gonna be a bit higher. So then your benchmark might be a bit closer, you know, like maybe, maybe um or like if you notice a user who just uses it on the weekends, then maybe the retention rate for them is more like on a seven day basis. So seven day, 14 days, 21 days. But mm -hmm. if you're like Airbnb, for example, this is a classic um, example, right? Like you don't travel all the time. Uh, for oh, yeah. most families, depending on what profile you are, you might travel once a year. So then their repeat rate and their retention rate could be as long as like one year and 12 months. And it's fine uh, because everybody has different natural frequency right exactly so it's, yeah it's a yeah. good example yeah so it's really a matter of like really understanding the value of your product to your users and then the different kind of users who are coming to the app and then watching how they behave um, and then you can set different benchmarks so it's not a one-size-fits-all even within your product um, you can really drill down further and the idea is really like how do you get them for for 20 of the users who are coming back um, what about the other 80 percent if they fall in the same category that you're trying to optimize for how do you get this 80 percent to come back into the app um, within that same time frame um, and that's the key right gotcha nicole um speaking of, speaking of benchmarks what would be the bare minimum of kpis for uh, an app marketer to track so what is your suggestion yeah so um when it comes to growth especially i definitely think uh, it's maus um, and MEUs is a very loose um, top line number, depending on what stage um, your app is in, then maybe monetization like really matters. But I think um, because apps are so abundant these days, like a lot of people just like push out, like what you really want to know is whether or not there is traction for the app. So that's mm -hmm. really defined by users, um, installs and downloads and things like that. So MEUs is a very good benchmark. I think that's a minimum uh, minimum thing that you can track and if your MAUs constantly stay the same then you have a problem because then it means you have a leaky bucket if your mm -hmm. MAUs stay the same but you are not acquiring new users then technically that's a good thing because it means mm -hmm. that your users are coming back at least once in 30 days um, which is ideally what we want every user to do right at least once a month that's ideal uh, but again depending on the nature of product it kind of changes so definitely in terms of um uh, users, I think that's the most important metric to track. Got it. Uh, and we're kind of naturally uh, came to my next question, which is about engagement. So mm -hmm. um, engagement is what you as an app marketer is aiming to achieve with 
for your app users. We definitely don't want people to download an app and forget about it in the next day or the next week. So what strategies would you suggest for app marketers to implement to retain app users? And I do wanna um, stress on that. I'm not talking about techniques when basically, I, I don't know, Facebook would be a great example when you see this counter of unread push notifications on the app, you click on it and it turns out there's no value in it. It was just the push notification for the sake of making you click on the app and get into their monthly stats to report that they've got the inflation on their monthly activation user, um, monthly active users. But in reality, there's no value at that uh, specific technique. People are not getting more information, more um, value from the app. They're just clicking for the inflating the uh, metrics. So I'm we're, we're talking about the healthy way of keeping people engaged and getting great value from the app. So what strategies would you suggest to app marketers? Um, so I love the example that you gave. Uh, I think it's a perfect example of a company that is marketing and a company that is trying to provide value to the user. Mm -hmm. Fundamentally, I, I believe that when we look at our users um, and, and the adoption of the product, what we want to do is we want to give them more value. And exactly. instead, like what a lot of like um, apps tend to do is we want to get more value out of the users. And I think that's a very, that's, that's a, that's a rabbit hole you might not want to go down because if you keep doing that, that's how you also lose users. Exactly. Um, so the idea of engagement, I think um, the very like the like very simple strategies that you can do now is again like going back to the to the the ARRR framework. Uh, you mm -hmm. really want to see where the users at. Like, have they been activated? If they have been activated, um, why are they not coming back to the app? What is the what? How does this user look like? What is the expected behavior of this user? Does he fit into a cohort that is expected to come back every thirty days or seven days? If he fits into a cohort at least thirty days, and then towards like closer to the thirty day benchmark, that's where you start engaging him. Like oh, like you know, like oh, we haven't seen you in a while. Like um, hey, here's the here's like something new that you. You, this is what's new for you, come and get value from the product. So I think this is really more like a strategy, like a marketing strategy, but also a little bit more of a product strategy and business strategy, whereby like when we talk to our users and we try to get them engaged, we need to make uh -huh. sure that we're trying to get them engaged because we want to provide value for them and not because we are trying to suck out value from them it's it's a very two it's two different like perspective and it's really like do or die yeah yeah you, you, you just made a great point when you're trying to inflate your um numbers you're getting you're actually getting more numbers but you're losing people and you end yeah. up with just numbers that doesn't tell just uh don't deliver any value you're not they're not representing real people who are coming to your to your app to get some value they're just numbers yeah. Um, what do you consider to be the hardest part in mobile app growth business? Um, definitely in retention. I think, I think um, even if you have like an amazing product now, um, unless like you're a monopoly in the region, mm -hmm. um, yeah. there's always like competition. And the thing is like the business of apps these days is like, wide really wide there's a new app coming up like, every day like the, everyone's like trying to copy each other like and because it's almost so like um i i don't know if i want to say easy but because mm -hmm. it's, it's almost trendy right now right like the app business everyone wants a piece of the pie so everyone's coming in 
Um, so not even if you have a great product, there's also like a brand element to it. You know, um, like your, your presence outside of the product, like how do you get the users to, to remember that you're there? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times, like they might love your product, but amidst of all the noise, the hundreds of like notifications on the phone, how do you get not, how do you not get lost in the mix? Um, so I think that is the very tricky part. Um, because like sometimes I think like if you, especially if you don't have your product market fit and you see this like churn, obviously that's a very like clear sign. But I believe there will also be cases where like you do have product market fit, but you still see churn. And the thing is, you, you, we will always want a lower churn. It's a, it's a never ending optimization. Netflix churn can be 2%, but I bet their target is like 0.1%. You know, oh, yeah. so we will always be optimizing for the same numbers. Um, but I think retention uh, or churn is, is probably the biggest challenge in app growth. Even if you're Netflix or Amazon, you have no idea what's going on in people's heads and what's going on in their lives. You never been able to be in a position when you know for certain why exactly your customer is not using your app on the uh, kind of a uh, you know um, the template of usage you've defined for him or for her. His or her life is changing all the time, and this element of unpredictability. Even if you're on Netflix, you're not in the control of that part, so you're going to get some churn no matter how hard you're trying, right? Exactly. And I think like a lot of people also think that, oh no, it's, this is easy. We'll just ask feedback from the users. But it's not as simple because the, the, the most no. important feedback that you want to get are the feedback from the non-users, right? And those guys will mm-hmm. probably not give you feedback uh, unless you actively go and seek out for it. And that's why like, I think user research is also super important. Because you, you, there's one part of understanding what your customers want. And then there's another part of trying to understand why people are not using your product to begin with. Uh, so it's really being able to find a balance and like building a product that um, addresses a majority of the, the needs of these two kinds of like users. Gotcha. Great. So switching the gears, we've covered the major topic on the table. And on this show, we want on top of... Uh, delivering people insights into a specific topics. Uh, tell them just a little bit about the people who are behind the, those companies, agencies they know about. And I have a, just a short list of questions to you to kind of paint a better picture of who you are as a person. So question number one, what smartphone do you have now? Have you been switching between iOS and Android or just staying one side all the time? So I am a very loyal Apple user. I have never used an Android phone. I do have um, one, but like I use it for like testing and also because I do app marketing. Yeah, but but um, primarily I've always been an iOS user. Um, and I always have this saying, I, I feel like Apple should pay me for like promoting that. But, <laughs> but anyway, I always have this saying like once you go um, Apple, you never go back. And that's because it truly, truly happened to me. Uh, so I've been an Apple user for like the longest time. Prior to that, I was actually using a BlackBerry. So, mm. uh, yeah. yes, that's a nice switch. Um, yeah. yeah, speaking of BlackBerry, what was your first mobile phone? So my first mobile phone was a Nokia. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it had like one of the, the first versions of Nokia that had colored 
um colored like uh like screen. Oh. Um and I think it's like Nokia 3310 or something, one of like the 3000s. That was like really oh. long. I can barely like, remember that model. I I, I know what you're what you're describing, but uh, that that one with the green co green um, color screen, kind of a shadows every everything else. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Getting back to present. Um, imagine you've left your smartphone at home, and what would be the most missing feature for you? Uh, I think I would miss like my camera the most but <laughs> there's an explanation to it so uh i don't not to take selfies not for anything but i actually think our smartphones are um really good um safety devices especially for women mm -hmm. uh so for example um whenever i'm walking down the street and i feel a bit uncomfortable or if i like and i think it's a very common common thing among like women these days you feel uncomfortable and i see i feel like less i'm being followed what i usually do is i just whip out my phone and start taking pictures or pretend that i'm taking pictures and i feel i, I get a lot of like safety in that because first of all um whoever like i'm pointing my phone towards also kind of starts freaking out especially yeah. if they are like you know like staring at me or like following me and then they Not just leave me alone. Exactly. And then they just leave me alone. Um, and it's actually a tool, like this is a method I've used like since like for 10 years. It always works. It always like freaks people away and like they, they stop bothering me. Um, so yeah, I think it's more like a like a safety feature when I say camera instead of like utility, you know. <laughs> I'm not taking selfies on the street. I <laughs> know. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. That that's a great, it's a actually a great use of your smartphone. Uh there's one more. On top of everything else, there is even that that it can do for you if you know what you're doing. All right. Um, thinking about your smartphone, uh, what do you think it's missing right now? Could be both hardware, software. Um, that probably I'm not. I'm not even asking. Are you expecting more from your phone? But how would you like this thing to change? You know, being less prominent in your life or doing even more. Um. Yeah, I do think that, so I'm actually quite a, for, for like a app marketer, um, a lot of people find this like really interesting. I don't use my phone that much. So um, I have like a, like, I mean, I use my phone a lot, like for, for um, social reasons or like work reasons. So like for, for Slack, for WhatsApp, you know, but other than right. that, actually, like, I don't really use my phone for like um, social media. I'm not, also, I'm not very active on social media either. Uh, and I, but the thing is, I find, I find it so interesting, right? So whenever I'm using my phone, I'm either working or like mm -hmm. using it as a phone, like as a phone, like as using SMS or like um, calling, calling uh, like people or whatever. Um, so yeah, I think that's like, like, I'm actually not like the best, like, like mobile adopter in that sense. Right? I'm not like using games. I don't. Honestly, I don't really, really know what's like going on with like the app gaming industry right now, unless, you know, unless I'm like curious and I'm like doing it for work, then, then I'll get into it. But otherwise, like as a consumer, I don't use my phone that much. Uh, uh, that's totally <laughs> fine. That's totally fine, Nicole. Uh, a phone and a smartphone is a tool. Like you're not it's expecting to use your, I don't know, scissors or hammer all day long. You need certain tasks, you grab your tool, you've done your task, you put it away. Your smartphone, just one more tool in your toolbox. 
exactly uh, so i also think that like sometimes like when i like for example i'm um, trying to drive like marketing for for the app i start to think about like how would i market to myself because mm -hmm. i'm a tough customer to crack like right, i can right, get like right. not, I, I would never open it but it's not because i'm not interested it's just just because like i'm, I'm not present <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I, I I use that like um to to basically basically ideate as well um on like what to do you know how do you crack like a very tough customer like you know um that's yeah. smart that's smart but before I let you go uh just a very final question uh yes. how can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do yeah so I think um the the easiest like quickest way would be through LinkedIn uh you can find me on LinkedIn just search like Nicole uh, Mind Valley currently um and and i'll pop up and like people can just connect with me um drop can drop me a message as well like might might respond a bit late uh but will definitely eventually respond so terrific great thanks a lot for your time and coming on our podcasting call thank you thanks for having me art it's been a fun ride bye bye and that was nicole chin growth at bind valley to listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe and you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.